this that hobbit shit hi welcome to that hobbit shit i'm mike i'm Corey. and this episode we're gonna find out the answer to the question that's plagued the internet did that bitch bilbo baggins feed Gollum to a tiger <laughs> I, I still don't know what this is referencing <laughs> the internet's been dying to know so Corey, what happened in this chapter what chapter yes. are we talking about today we're talking about chapter one uh this is the very first chapter of the hobbit uh, Tolkien, actually, it's a little known fact, originally named this chapter Home Invasion Thinly Veiled Under Guise of Tea Party. Are we talking about the, uh, the American Tea Party movement? <laughs> uh, there, are, there are a lot of barrels uh, and a lot of tea, but that comes up later. That's not actually in this chapter. Okay, okay. Yeah. Actually, that, that's, that's, very, that's very topical, Mike. Do, do you recall the barrel chapter? Um. I do. <laughs> I, I'm afraid I, I don't want to comment on it quite yet. No comment. Um, okay, so uh, chapter one then. Um, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this chapter. Uh, I remember the barrel chapter being wet <laughs> and miserable. It was a miserable chapter. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no comment, he says. Um, so uh, Tolkien starts, uh, he comes out of the gates uh, swinging on this one. Um, I feel like I should mention that uh, The Hobbit is a little bit of a children's book. It's a very simple story. It's, uh, you, you can sort of take it as um, a very simple kid's, like, uh, I don't want to say nursery rhyme per se, but like storybook kind of thing. Uh, or uh, I suppose if you're a man-child, you can take it as the most serious fantasy epic um, ever written. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, he starts out by describing what a hobbit is. Uh, and a hobbit is a halfling. Uh, it's a tiny, fussy little creature <laughs> that uh, <laughs> eats and and cooks uh, and enjoys comfort above all other things. Uh, and he very specifically says uh, that they never had any adventures or did anything unexpected. And that's our first heavy uh, foreshadowing spoiler that we get. <laughs> it, he mentions several times explicitly that hobbits are not fond of adventures <laughs> specifically adventures he, he does specifically say that and then he does not specifically call them cowards but we can only assume <laughs> they're cowardly sorts yes absolutely i think cowardice is probably held in high regard among hobbits in hobbit society yeah i suppose they have a very different um very different definition for it than we do <laughs> Respectable. I think they call cowards respectable. <laughs> what do they call the brave? Um, well, I guess I guess not respectable. Troublemakers. I, I'm sure it's mentioned actually. Well, yeah. Well, the, the Tooks, um, one of the more prominent Hobbit families, uh, is often regarded as brave and fond of adventures, and they're seen as uh, a little strange around the Hobbit lands, known as the Shire. The country of the Hobbits is the Shire, by the way. Um, <laughs> where, is, where is this country, Corey? I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> In Middle Earth, is that what you're looking for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought I have no answer for that. Um, um, one thing I took from this chapter is, it seems like Middle Earth is our Earth as well. It, um, it's really written as if this took place in our distant past. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it, it alludes to the fact that 
hobbits still exist and we just can't see them because we're dumb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think you kind of mentioned that, like, um, he, he sort of, yeah, he writes it in a way that as if like, we should already know a lot of these things. Um, like, well, of course, you know about a hobbit. Uh, and like, of course, you know that the hobbit's favorite thing is to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we would never see a hobbit. They just hang out in their hobbit holes. Uh, well, actually, that brings up something that uh, I'm a particular note of. Tolkien makes sure very, very early on to mention that uh, all his readers, like humans, us, uh, who have just purchased his book from a local bookstore and come home to read it, he calls us large and stupid very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we are. Who's to say? Um, <laughs> uh, so, so now that we've introduced the Hobbit, uh, he introduces our main character, uh, who is the Hobbit, if you will, uh, a Mr. Bilbo Baggins. He's a very affluent and very well-to-do Hobbit. Uh, and so Bilbo one day is, uh, the story begins on a Tuesday. Bilbo is sitting outside of his house smoking a pipe that reaches down to his woolly toes. And <laughs> did we mention, uh, okay, I, I guess full, uh, full disclosure here. Hobbits are halflings. They have big, hairy feet. Uh, specifically big, specifically hairy. I, I think it says <laughs> curly hair like they have on their, their heads. Ah, okay, yes. Yes, yes. That's interesting. What if you can have, like, you know, like if a hobbit's born with No. Okay, sorry, back to the chapter description. <laughs> Uh, so it's a Tuesday. He's smoking a pipe, and then an old man shows up, uh, an old man named Gandalf, who turns out to be a wizard. Uh, and this wizard Gandalf hasn't been seen in Hobbiton of the Shire uh, in about 50 years. Uh, Bilbo kind of only vaguely remembers him. Uh, and again, because Bilbo, Bilbo is 50. Yes. He's, uh, by our standards, he's not a spring chicken. He's a little past his prime. Um, but by Hobbit standards, I think he's still regarded as, like... Uh, like a tw early 20s, I think. A 50-year-old hobbit is a young hobbit? Yeah, like they're still young and they're still inexperienced and um, uh, foolhardy, headstrong, I suppose, in, in relative terms. <laughs> Corey, do you think the hobbit, or do you think a hobbit's lazy life is uh, part of what gives it long life? <laughs> that's a good question does staying home smoking and drinking ale make you longer lived or shorter lived you know what I'd... probably shorter that's <laughs> they're hardy maybe it's because maybe being closer to the ground uh, has something to do with it it's probably it's probably that yeah um it has nothing to do with the ale and the smoking they by all rights they should have the uh the health and constitution of a dart player <laughs> they're, they're like lower than cigarette smoke i think is, is what it comes down to <laughs> okay so even though they're well he does sit outside smoking his pipe too oh, wait but later sorry continue i'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> we're obviously very excited to be recording this podcast so. um where are we now? Oh yeah, uh, so they're having a chat and Gandalf happens to mention that he is uh, putting together an adventure and that he very particularly wants Bilbo to go on this adventure uh, as um, as one of uh, the the team he's collecting in a like Ocean's Eleven style <laughs> <laughs> crack team. <laughs> so if this was Ocean's Eleven, would Bilbo be um, Brad Pitt who's always eating in every scene? I think, I think actually, yes. 
Okay. Uh, and though we haven't introduced him yet, I think that would make Thorin Clooney. No? <laughs> Disagree? I, I haven't seen the Ocean's Eleven movies. I'm sorry. Shit, neither have I. I didn't think it would come out. But uh, here we are. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, We're shedding listeners by the minute here. <laughs> How are we going to pay rent? I wonder if we could. Uh, I wonder if we could have some kind of count on the screen. Like we don't, we don't have a video version, but we can just <laughs> we could just show listeners how many people have opted out <laughs> at what point. <laughs> uh, by the way, there are only five of you left. Um, what happens? He mentions an adventure. Uh, Bilbo uh, panics uh, very, very obviously um, as a little bit of a freakout. Uh, kind of tells Gandalf to be on his way and not to come back, um, but accidentally invites him to tea in his panic. Uh, so he runs inside and closes his door and uh, I think has tea to calm himself down. Meanwhile, Gandalf outside scratches a symbol, a very particular symbol on Bilbo's door, which advertises his services as a burglar. Like it's like a want ad, like burglar here would like work. And I'd like to come back to this because that's troubling to me somehow. <laughs> because the next day, this sign brings 13 dwarves to Bilbo's house, uh, like <laughs> exactly 24 hours later. 13 dwarves. Corey, what are these dwarves' names? Oh, would you like the roll call, Mike? Yes. Oh, well. From the beginning, from the top, if you will, we have Balin and Dwalin, who are brothers. Feely and Keely, who are also brothers. Dory, Nori, and Ori, who are probably brothers. Gloin and Gloin. Mike? Also brothers? I would assume so. I'm going to have to guess. <laughs> and then last we have Pfeiffer, Bofer, Bomber, and Thorin, Oakenshield. That's 13 hobbits. The dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were these dwarves wearing, Corey? Which 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 dwarf, Mike? What was which dwarf? Um, wearing? What, what was Thorin wearing? Thorin, being the very important dwarf that he is, had a sky blue coat cloak with silver tassels. What was Oin wearing? <laughs> Oin had a, <laughs> in comparison, a very boring brown cloak oh is he a bit of a, <laughs> yes. a, a popper <laughs> more or less well compared to thorin they all are hmm. at least in thorin's eyes he is immensely um important he's a very important dwarf yeah um sorry continue i just was curious about their names oh no absolutely please what were their uh, names hold back on your questions do you mean ball and dwell and feely uh so 13 of them show up at his door <laughs> <laughs> long story short they eat him out of house and home which we will also come back to uh, they explain what they're up to they show up with Gandalf uh, they enter Bilbo's house they make him very nervous and they tell him what the business plan is like their little their little scheme their little heist is to go back to a place called the Lonely Mountain which was mined and lived in by dwarves many many years ago um, is, is this is about a hundred years ago I think Mike I don't know. Well, it's, I guess it's a long time. <laughs> it's, um, it's Thorin's entire life. Uh, I assume that dwarves, it never specifically says, but I assume that dwarves are long-lived as well. They live, they live a while, don't they? Yeah, that's the impression that I get. Um, and yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think Thorin is, uh, is young at this point. He's, they all seem older and more mature than Bilbo, who is just a, a simpering coward at this, <laughs> at this point in the story, at least. 
Oh yeah, yeah. At this point, foreshadowing again. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, uh, in Thorin's lifetime, uh, when he was a child, there was a yeah, there was a very very wealthy, very affluent dwarven colony in the Lonely Mountain, uh, which is very far away from the Shire. And it was in proximity to a human town called Dale. They both prospered at their height. And the prospering of the two cities and like the mining and craft of the dwarves brought about the attention of a dragon named Smog. And Smog attacked the, attacked the mountain, killed all the dwarves, uh, except for Thorin and a couple others here and there that escaped, uh, ruined the town of Dale and has been sitting on their treasure ever since. So their plan is to go back to the mountain because Gandalf came upon a map which he got from Thorin's father. And a little bit of a side note, um, a little bit of a side story, I mean, which had a map to a secret entrance that leads back into the Lonely Mountain. So the plan is go back to the mountain, enter through the secret door, reclaim the mountain, and if possible, kill the dragon, which is a very specific thing. I don't know if they are capable of killing the dragon. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're going to try. It becomes pretty clear through this chapter that they don't know what to do with the dragon. And they really want to pawn that off on the first person who wants to take responsibility for it. And they seem to think that that is Bilbo. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the bobbing grocer. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the burglar is, is, is now also the dragon slayer. <laughs> so that's a Wednesday. They sleep over. They sleep everywhere they possibly can. Uh, they sing two songs, which is lovely, fantastic. Two, there aren't two songs in every chapter. And then Thursday morning, the next day, they set out on their adventure. And that is the chapter summary. Great summary. Thanks. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> um, any highlights from this chapter, Corey? Can I pull a couple out? Yeah, please. By all means. Um, got a couple of notes here. On page three, it says the, uh, the Hobbit was very <laughs> fond of vis- visitors. <laughs> yeah uh yes it, it, is is that a lie like do you do you <laughs> why is that in there do you think when he shows very clearly very soon after that he hates the series? um having read every book um it becomes pretty clear that he doesn't like people in his house at all <laughs> um oh. there's never a point where he has more than just frodo or gandalf hanging around yeah, either close family or a very close friend. But he has enough coat hooks for 13 dwarves and their musical instruments. Yeah, that's true. He's definitely like cut out for it. And uh, he, he manages to feed all these dwarves too. Uh, that, <laughs> that was one giant question I had this chapter. How much fucking food does a hobbit have? Is, is it typical for a hobbit to have enough dessert cakes for 13 dwarves like he serves them multiple courses of these dessert cakes too may i uh, may i read out the itemized list of all the things that the dwarves requested uh pre-breakfast or post-breakfast uh oh uh you know what i didn't write down what they requested for breakfast the next day uh which however we should point out that uh bilbo refused to wake up and make for them <laughs> it's unclear which of the dwarves I guess rummaged through his larder and made them all breakfast. They probably ate everything that was left. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well, so the, as the dwarves show up uh, with Gandalf, they, they request beer, uh, which is undefined what type of beer. And then later dwarves specifically request ale and specifically request porter. 
So there are definitely two, perhaps three types of beer in the house. And I can only assume in a barrel, artisanal made, uh, local brewery. Hobbit, he might make it uh, himself. He might, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a point of contention. Like how much of this stuff does a hobbit trust his neighbors to make for him? As opposed to thinking it's just better if I make it myself. Or how far is he willing to travel to get beer or hops or anything, really? They must have door-to-door delivery. Yeah, they must have a courier service, but I, I imagine it's like one really surly old hobbit with a shitty fat old mule. <laughs> uh, it could be a human. I don't see a hobbit lugging shit around. Oh, yeah, I guess they do have pretty... They have regular enough trade with other species, it seems. Uh, yeah, um, I'm jumping way ahead here. <laughs> um, in the Lord of the Rings, there is a hobbit that lives in the, um, oh. the, is it the Prancing Pony? I think it is. Yeah, and what, isn't his name Nob or something? Like yeah, that? his name's, and he's really not treated well. <laughs> no, no, he, yeah, certainly not. Oh, yeah, I, I think the owner of the Prancing Pony has some pre-choice hobbit insults for him. <laughs> Did he meow at him like a cat? He did, he did not. That, that's, that's far too gentle, far too complimentary. Um, uh, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, ale importer, red wine, coffee, perhaps multiple jugs. That's an open question there. There are several pots of coffee as far as I think. Uh, tea cakes, seed cakes, buttered scones, raspberry jam, apple tart, mince pies, cheese, pork pie, salad, a few eggs, cold chicken, and pickles. <laughs> Um, that leads to another quote that I pulled out or another highlight. Gandalf <laughs> seems to know what Bilbo has in his larder because when he walks in, he asks for cold chicken and pickles, which don't seem like typical things to just have. No, I, I also can't help but wonder like, what is cold chicken? Is that like cold cuts or is that just like you roast a chicken and then the next day, I guess I assume they don't have refrigerators. Obviously they don't have refrigerators. I don't know how they refrigerate chicken. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just dig a pit in the back of their hobbit hole and it's the cold chicken pit. Uh, They might. I, I think back in the day there would, um, I don't know about in hobbit times, but in, um, there would, there would be an ice delivery man who would deliver ice and it would be packed in sawdust underground. And that's how people would refrigerate stuff. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So maybe Hobbits had an ice delivery, man. I don't know where the fuck they got ice, but... <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, too. Hmm. I guess they could have a wizard delivering ice, though they're only... Maybe one of the blue wizards, aptly named for their ice-making skills. Maybe they're, maybe they're never mentioned uh, in Lord of the Rings because they're, uh, they're just lowly ice delivery men. All they, all they do is just make ice and bring it to hobbits who have a taste for cold chicken. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty lowly. Well, yeah, so Gandalf knows a lot about Bilbo's, uh, Bilbo's larder, like you were saying. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess that, like, did he case the joint? Uh, did, did he use, like, magic for that? Like, that seems like some pretty greasy, sneaky magic he's using. I'm going to put, put forth the theory right now. Um, okay. I think Gandalf is Tolkien. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's written himself as an all-knowing character in the book. 
Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I, let's agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's my opinion, Corey, and you can't take it away from me. Mike, I think now I don't know your notes the same way that Gandalf knows Bilbo's larder. Um, but How would I, he know his larder if he wasn't talking? That's uh that's proof right there. That's the basis of your theory. Okay. D- d- did we not both write down that Gandalf is kind of an asshole? Oh, yeah. Wait, disproven. Yes, Gandalf is a complete asshole. I forgot to bring that up. He's actually only eclipsed by Thorin being the only larger asshole in the book so far. Yeah, as, as far as the biggest, uh, the biggest assholes go, Gandalf is, yeah. Um, jumping ahead, I think Thorin might be the biggest asshole in the entire book. Yes. Yes. Uh, every, he loves the sound of his voice, it seems. Uh, uh, yeah, it did say when he was speaking, it said he would have gone on and on like that. And Gandalf interrupted him. <laughs> Saying nothing in particular, I think specifically is what it said. Yeah, he really likes his, uh, his formal droning on kind of language. He, um, th- th- this is something uh, that we, I think, discussed in the, uh, the fabled Lost episode. Of oh, the Lost Hobbit episode. Let's, yeah. let's hope that that never surfaces. Oh, it can't. It, 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 how could it? I mean, it's... it's uh... <laughs> wow, it's the Lost episode. Um, I've lost my train of thought on this now. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, this is about Thor- Thorin being an asshole, a complete piece of shit. Yes, um, when uh, when Smog showed up at the Lonely Mountain and kicked him out, Thorin was a kid, and he was only not killed because he wasn't in the mountain. He was out like playing in a field, I think he says. So Thorin was quite young when this happened. His father and his grandfather were both alive, and so his grandfather was the king. His father was next in line, and Thorin uh, wouldn't have even been the prince at that point. He walks around like he's the goddamn king. <laughs> he's, he's got a pretty big head for someone who was never actually a king. Would you say he has an Orkin stone-sized chip on his shoulder? <laughs> Again, we're jumping ahead, but yes. yes I would. <laughs> oh, this meeting has been upgraded by the host and now includes unlimited minutes. Hey, thanks, Mike. Did you get that pop-up? Yeah, a gift from Zoom. Oh, oh huh. nice. Sure. A uh, little shout out to uh, Zoom for hosting this meeting. Yeah, and, uh, yeah really- great time for our first read here for our, our sponsor, Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, um, I wanted to mention this. Uh, this didn't come up in the last episode. You remember the last episode, Mike? Um, barely. I barely remember it. Yeah, we were in a bit of a drugged out stupor. Um, one thing I did not mention is uh, I want to give credit, uh, a shout out, if you will, to Tiffany, uh, my partner, for <laughs> uh, for naming our podcast. Uh, what's the name of our podcast? Uh, the name of our podcast is That Hobbit Shit. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and as I recall, I don't remember exactly what I was talking about, but I was saying something, I think, about Lord of the Rings. <clears throat> Maybe I was quoting it or talking about it, or I, I don't know how exactly it would have come up, but Tiffany said, is this that hobbit shit? And <laughs> we, we all still think it's hilarious. So that we named our podcast after that. And uh, credit where credit's due. So, yeah. Uh, it really started us down this path. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows where we'll end up? Are you saying that the road goes ever on and on, Mike? 
but it's a dangerous <laughs> business stepping out your front door. <laughs> uh, both of those are spoilers for the next part of the podcast. Fuck. Yeah, that doesn't come up until Lord of the Rings, which is a future season of that Hobbit shit. Yes, uh, I'm sorry. I, you know, we've we've actually been jumping ahead quite a bit in this episode. <laughs> I think it's the let's blame it on the last episode. <laughs> it just threw off our our chronology. Yeah. So, any um, I do have a couple other points I pulled from this chapter. Yes. Um, page seventeen of my my copy. <laughs> Um, apparently hobbits invented golf. Oh yeah. Uh, would you like to describe how? <laughs> um, old Took's great grand uncle, Bull Roarer Took, <laughs> he knocked the head off of an uh, orc. An orc king, I think. Orc king. It sailed through the air and landed in a rabbit hole. <laughs> thus inventing the game of golf. Uh, he won the battle and invented the game of golf in the same moment. <laughs> the the Orc King's name was Golfing Bull. It really does have golf in the name, doesn't it? Yeah, it does have golf in the name. Uh, I don't know. See, I don't know how I feel about that in terms of this like little joke that he made. <laughs> it's a bit of a tall tale. Yeah, and it makes it a little bit more uh, grown worthy. And it kind of went over my head that like Golfing Bull's head was the game of golf. Um, what kind of self-respecting hobbit names their son Bull Roarer? <laughs> well, he was, Mike, they say he was so huge for a hobbit that he could ride a regular size horse. <laughs> so I guess when he was born, his parents looked down on him and his massive size <laughs> at birth and said, that's a Bull Roarer. His poor mother. <laughs> no kidding. The medicine at the time. <laughs> uh, well, they say uh, there's legend in the Took side of the family that uh, the old Took took a fairy wife. So, well, we all know what that means. Corey, I don't know what it means. Please tell me. <laughs> do, you, do you ever say something and hope that no one questions it? <laughs> uh like when I claimed that Gandalf was uh, Tolkien. Yeah, that, was, that fell apart pretty quick, didn't it? Um, <laughs> I was hoping you'd be like, oh, that's brilliant. And then I would never have to revisit it. <laughs> we just move on. Moving uh, on. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to cross out my notes here. Gandalf is Tolkien. <laughs> um, I like to imagine uh, Tolkien as a... Uh, as a university professor who probably played golf constantly, as I assume. Okay, I'll admit that this is a, a pretty large stereotype I'm throwing out of what I assume English university professors did and were like uh, about 80 years ago. Uh, but I bet he was playing golf all the fucking time. And imagine how clever he thought he was coming up with uh, Goldfimble's head being the original golf ball. Just fingering his tweed jacket. <laughs> And just just laughing to himself whenever he's out playing around, but like not telling his fellow professors, what are you laughing? What what does JRR stand for, Mike? Um I don't know actually. John is it John? <laughs> is it John? I I, I, really, I really don't. I only know him. I call him JR personally. That's my uh 
Well, when you're close to a man. Um, yeah, J.R. Tolkien. Robert? John Robert? John Robert Rudiger Tolkien. I think that's his name. <laughs> Mike, I'm looking at it. I did, uh, I did some quick research here. Uh, there, there is... There isn't a chance in Moria that you would have guessed this. <laughs> oh, I suppose you're looking it up on the internet. Yeah, we are connected to the internet. Uh, actually, this is a good time to mention the host of our meeting, Zoom. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> his name is... Let's all are... thank Zoom for getting us through this pandemic. Oh, yeah, actually. Uh, uh, Where would we be without Zoom? Lonelier, actually. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so John Robert Rudiger Tolkien. Rudiger was a good guess. Uh, it's it's John Ronald, and I do not think I can pronounce the last one. Royal Ruyel? Maybe it would be Royal. I don't know. It's R E U E L. That's not a name. <laughs> I'm gonna close this window because that's that's not a name. That's, that's not a name. That's fake news. Well, anyhow, uh, they would say, John Ronald, what are you chuckling about on the golf green? And he'd be like, oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. And just fingers tweed you on here. Um, I don't want to dive too deep into this because it probably should be a bonus episode, perhaps on our Patreon. Uh, <laughs> but Tolkien must have been insufferable. Uh, <laughs> I think I, there's, a, there's a good reason his best friend was uh, what's his tits from uh, <laughs> the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. C.S. Lewis. Yeah, C.S. Lewis. What does C.S. Yeah. Lewis stand? <laughs> what does C.S. stand for? Oh shit! Uh, uh, Carlton Seamus. I think I, don't it's, know. I, I honestly don't know. I think it's Saunders. Carlton Saunders. Are you being serious? I can't tell. This no. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, I'd like to say about your, your theory, your, your second Tolkien theory of him being insufferable. Well, I completely disagreed with your Gandalf theory. I absolutely <laughs> agree <laughs> with your insufferable theory. I, I, think you, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Mike. Uh, yeah, to hear more about our Tolkien theories, tune into the Patreon episode. That's at the $5 tier, I think. Yeah, and that's, that's our January um, uh, perk. What do you call that? <laughs> uh, yeah, January. I think it's our January episode. It'll be open to anyone who throws us some cash on Patreon. That's <laughs> patreon.com slash that hobbit shit. <laughs> this actually brings up a question, and we are getting quite off topic. Is Patreon free to sign up for? <laughs> like for uh, us? It definitely is. And okay, we, go, we go, definitely go. will can talk about this off podcast. Um, <laughs> but, for, for bloopers, <laughs> go to our Patreon. <laughs> Um, but hopefully we make it to the point where we can get that interview with Christopher Tolkien. Is he still alive? Oh, he must be. On. He oh. better be. It's going to be an expensive interview. <laughs> Necromancy is not cheap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten, gotten so off topic here. We're... <laughs> So, uh, do, you, do you have any more chapter notes, Mike? I have a couple. Uh, go, go ahead, Corey. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so when Gandalf shows up to uh, Bilbo's door uh, on the Tuesday afternoon, uh, and they're talking, uh, Bilbo says good morning to him several times in several different contexts, and Gandalf uh, exclaims, what a lot of things you use good morning for. 
Um, and, and I enjoy that because it makes me think of the many uses that we use for the word fuck. In Hobbit <laughs> language, they use good morning. <laughs> like, uh, just, just as like a general all-purpose exclamation. Like maybe you, you drop your tankard of beer at the Green Dragon and you go, good morning. <laughs> or, <laughs> that's the only example I have. <laughs> uh, perhaps after uh, old Took beds a fairy wife, he says, good morning. <laughs> the, the sun doesn't have to have risen. For <laughs> say. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, uh, yeah, that's my chapter note, Mike. <laughs> uh, great note, Corey. Uh, I have one more, one more. Okay. There's a point where Gandalf specifically says heroes are scarce these days. Yeah. yeah. And we know this to be false. <laughs> um, so Gandalf's not only a prick, he's a liar? <laughs> I, I think he's manipulating things, much in the way that an author would manipulate things to go his way. Um, oh, good morning to this theory. <laughs> um, we do know that the rangers are hanging out around, not in the Shire. They would never be allowed there because you know they're well, tall they, they do fuck. <laughs> well they, they do uh very specifically protect the shire don't they doesn't um <clears throat> doesn't eric Horn go as far as to say that yeah. like they keep yeah. the shire the shire I guess? yeah i i think that would be a hundred years from now in uh in the lore but I, gandalf would have been you know nothing at this point i don't think he was He's 80 in Lord of the Rings or so, right? Yeah, Aragorn, you mean, right? So he wasn't even a, a twinkle in his father's eye. But the, the rangers would have been around, and I, I imagine they were still ranging. Yeah, and, and Gandalf would have absolutely been aware of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so he's a, he's a liar. He's manipulating. He seems like he's manipulating everything into a very specific space. Um, what do you think his game is like what's like why is he so involved in this little dwarven outing that's the weird thing <laughs> um i don't know okay I, th- I think i think i might have a theory but i'm gonna hang on to this I, uh, yeah i will propose I, it in a later chapter okay i yeah any theory i have is going to just be dripping with spoilers <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it but he the dwarves don't know what the hell they're doing um, there's a point where <laughs> well, there's a point where they say we'll just head east. I think, and uh, it'll be pretty easy until we hit the mountain. <laughs> and then oh, Gandalf yeah, yeah. quickly tells them, "No, it's not so not so easy." Yeah, he specifically says, "Don't go that way because <laughs> <laughs> don't go down that road there." <laughs> <laughs> that is actually what he says. Uh, yeah, and then he knocks a beer bottle off the table. Um, Okay. Um, but but yeah, the soil's so, yeah. gone bad in Mirkwood. Uh, so yeah, where where are the rangers? Gandalf knows about. The, yeah, what what does Gandalf know? He's not telling us. And why does he want this this bumbling group of dwarves to have a, a sniveling coward like Bilbo <laughs> to join uh, and and to go find a dragon? But anyway, yeah, okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, I suppose in a different episode. They don't seem to know their route. They have no map before. They don't even know Gandalf has a map. They don't know. No, yeah, the, yeah. Sec- they don't know there's a secret door, and they're pretty against going on the front door. 
Yeah, they all find out together, I guess, at this uh, that this meeting that there is a secret map and that there is another way into the mountain. And Thorin, the fuck that he is, is pissed about it too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he's a uh, he's offended that he didn't have the map earlier. Uh, but the map requires a very specific kind of reading. I don't want to spoil this for a later chapter, but they don't really know how the door works yet either. They just know of its existence. Would you call um, Thorin a haughty fool? <laughs> now I would. <laughs> um, I think that's it for chapter notes. Uh, I have uh, a. I have. Oh, two, sorry, Corey. Um, that, no, no problem. Um, this is this is more of a an exclamation than anything else. There are no steps whatsoever in Hobbit houses. <laughs> Hobbits hate steps. They would hate Kramer's apartment. Kramer's apartment. I'm, uh, that that reference is lost on me. I'm sorry. I, I oh, wish it wasn't. There, there's a whole episode of Seinfeld where Kramer is designing his apartment to be just a series of steps <laughs> with pillows. Yeah, I don't remember that, but that sounds right. <laughs> we have to cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put a time marker on this joke? Eight uh, twenty-five um, p.m. <laughs> um. While we're cutting things out, Mike, I've got a little visit from my guest host today. Hello, Sebastian. There he is. <laughs> oh, I've heard Sebastian. <laughs> Sebastian, which of the 13 is your favorite dwarf? Speechless. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was uh, Oin. Did he say Oin? I think he might have. Uh, okay, sorry. My, my last chapter note um, is, is the music. We have two songs in this chapter. And when they, when the dwarves sing their first song, they all run back out to the front hall where their 13 coats are hung. Some of them left their instruments outside on the porch because there wasn't room for them in the hall. Each of these fucking dwarves <laughs> is carrying an instrument. And many of these instruments are as big as themselves. So this, like, this, I, I don't know, this, this ridiculous party of dwarves with different colored beards and cloaks carrying giant violins. Thorin has a golden harp. It's it's absolutely, <laughs> it's ridiculous in terms of going to get gold back from a dragon. <laughs> um, specifically, his harp was too big for him to carry into the door. I think he left it on the doorstep. Yeah, and it probably had, like, Feely and Keely were kind of like his, um, what do you call that? Uh, um, who's, who's the, like, kid that carries your sword around when you're a knight? Um, you're, um... Squire? Squire, yes. Are they his harp squires? <laughs> yes, they are. They're his harp squires. <laughs> oh, that just shows how much of a prick Thorin is. Um, what kind of an asshole carries a harp around? It's not a portable instrument. No, no, it's really not. Uh, like, did he, <laughs> could he not carry his full drum set with him? <laughs> Wait a second, wait a second. I, I don't want to get off of making fun of Thorin here, but do you think one of the dwarves had a drum? No, I I don't think any of them had a drum. Oh, okay. Well, that's Their dwarven band is really lacking. I think there were a lot of uh, percussion, uh, perhaps a woodwind section. <laughs> imagine, imagine the dwarf playing a flute. I don't know if I like I that. don't want to imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> not really my thing. I'm not trying to yuck your yum, but... <laughs> I, uh, just 
just a moment, dear listeners. I need I need a few minutes to laugh at that for a bunch of different reasons. Um, uh, I have one more chapter note here. Okay. Um, so, Bilbo, real coward. <laughs> there is a point where he just, I believe he boils over like a kettle and passes out. <laughs> so how would you describe that happening exactly? Like, do you think he's just, he starts to make a quiet noise? Like, a, and it just gets like louder. Like, what, what do you think happened there, Mike? <laughs> um, I could tell you. <laughs> um, while the, the dwarves are discussing their adventure, they mention they may never return. And Bilbo starts to feel a shriek bubbling up inside of him. And it bursts out like a whistle from an engine <laughs> out of a tunnel. I don't know how how Bilbo knows what an engine sounds like, but sure. Hey, um, hey yeah. <laughs> that, that took me out of the narrative for a second. <laughs> he was shaking like jelly was melting. Fell flat on, the, flat on the floor and kept calling out, struck by lightning, struck by lightning. Now, I, I don't know that I've ever been called a coward per se. I also don't know that I've ever specifically uh, been called brave, nor would I consider myself particularly brave. However, <laughs> I, I have absolutely no idea what it would be like to have a, a shriek building up inside of me and then fall over like a kettle boiling, like deliriously yelling struck by lightning. Like that, um, this, <laughs> this is cowardice beyond my comprehension. <laughs> well, there is um, fleet and fight and fleet, fight and... Fight and flight? Fight and flight. Um, he's neither. It's like, <laughs> right. You know those sh- sheep that just freeze and pass out? <laughs> and that's, that's what hobbits are. It seems that way. Um, at least this hobbit, this well-to-do, well-respected hobbit, the height oh, of cowardom. He, he might be descended uh, from the line of bull roarer, but let me tell you something. He's no bull roarer. <laughs> Um, no, he's more of a sheep whisperer, maybe, or a, a, a cat stroker. I don't know. Uh, so, <laughs> on to our first segment. <laughs> what has it got in its pockets? All right, what has it got in its pockets is where one of us guesses what a dwarf might have in their pocket at any time. <laughs> which uh which dwarf shall we guess today mike uh because he hasn't coming up come up yet bomber Corey, what do you think bomber had in his pockets as he left bilbo's house early in the morning big fat bomber the the largest of the dwarves <laughs> one of the only dwarves of note okay when when you when you imagine a dwarf you know i mean like we're living quite a bit after tolkien when he conceptualized this and like you know we're in the age of things like uh like D&D and I, I could play about a thousand different rpgs on my game boy if i want to um and they all have got dwarves in some capacity we've seen the movies the lord of the rings movies when you picture a dwarf mike would you describe it generally speaking as like uh chubby overweight I would say stout. I would a wide stout fellow with a yes. beard. And and so grubby. The other twelve dwarves make a point of calling Bomber fat quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so how fat for a dwarf was Bomber really? Um, it's hard, you know it's really hard to say. Uh, this was written eighty-seven <laughs> years ago. 
<laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, I'm just going to say he was... I don't know if it was a size thing for Bomber as much as a greed thing. Okay. okay Which sorry. is interesting. If he is the greediest of the dwarves, that's saying something. Well, that may uh, may lead us to infer what he has in his pockets. <laughs> what do you think he has in his pockets? I think he has slices of ham. In his <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I think it's uh, it it would slowly make a big grease mark in his pocket. Though I don't imagine uh, his pants are particularly clean to begin with. However, it wouldn't have time to leave a grease mark because I bet I bet he's just. He's just reaching in there. He's, just, he's popping them like something you eat quickly. <laughs> Fingering it like a harp? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, you know what they don't, he doesn't have in his pocket? What's that? An instrument. <laughs> no, he has to carry that separately. <laughs> that doesn't, the, the violin the bomber plays is approximately three feet tall. <laughs> Are they are they playing human sized instruments? Um, they have to be dwarven sized. They're, they're making human. them. They're making them themselves, though. The, these dwarves, Corey, they're master craftsmen. That's true. Yeah. Um, I just turned to page thirteen here in my copy. Uh, you're gonna be shocked here. What does it say? Bomber produced a drum from the hall. <gasps> he carried a drum around. You know, I uh, that that had completely slipped my mind earlier when I asked if you thought there was a dwarven drum. I'm I'm actually very excited by this. Bomber's the drum player. He's the drummer. The drummer. No yeah. wonder he's the odd man out that they make fun of. He's the he's the goddamn drummer. I thought it was the bass player that really got made fun of. Is it the drummer? Maybe maybe both? people in why bands not? don't. Why like not both? <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Um, okay, what, what do you think uh, Bomber might have in his pocket, Mike? Um, a drum. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to that Hobbit shit. This has been that Hobbit shit. <laughs> Don't forget to to fund us on Patreon. That's <laughs> patreon.com slash that Hobbit shit. Uh, levels started at the low, low price of $1 a month. Um, yeah, you can throw us a dollar, no problem. Yeah, is that, is that really going to change your life? Like, it's, it's not going to mean much to you to give us a dollar. Yeah. Um, that $20, $20 level, though, you get access to our our movie commentaries. <laughs> I was uh, I was apprehensive, I'll say, uh, about <laughs> what, what kind of joke you're about to make. <laughs> um, so is, is, that a, is, is that all for what's in its pockets? I believe so, yeah. Um, okay. We don't really know the dwarves well yet, so it's very difficult without spoilers to give guesses. And you know what? I don't think we ever really learned the dwarves very much. No. No, uh, no. yeah, we're going to keep an eye out for which, uh, which dwarves actually do anything of note. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's Bomber, Thorin, and um, I think Gloin is only of note because of his loins. Uh, does, <laughs> Mike, you're skipping ahead again. <laughs> um, sh- shall we move on to dwarf quotes while we're on the subject? The dwarf breathes so loud we could have shot him in the dark. Dwarf quotes. In this segment, we pick our favorite dwarf quote from the chapter and uh, recite it. Theorize <laughs> on it. 
Uh, would you like to go first or second, Mike? I'll, I'll go first. Um, I'm going to cheat right out of the gate here um, because in the Fabled Lost episode, I kind of used my best dwarf quote, and there aren't many in this in this chapter at all. No, we're just getting going here. Yeah, I'm going to use a Bilbo quote. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was wondering how you could cheat at this, but yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, when he opens his door, his door the second time to the dwarves, to which dwarves, Corey? Would you like the roll call, Mike? Uh, yeah, probably. Well, starting from the top, we've got Balin, Dwalin, Feely, Keely, Dory, Nori, Ori, Oing, Gloim, Bifer, Bofer, Bomber, and Thorin, Oakenshield. I think it's Dwalin. <laughs> um, oh, okay. When he opens his door the <laughs> second time, he says, what can I do for you, my dwarves? <laughs> um, that's, that's a pretty good quote. Did, does he have the D card? Can he use that word? Uh, <laughs> there are yeah there are some there's some questions about when thorin's making one of his uh, long-winded speeches he uh he uses some terms which i can't help but wonder uh if are very derogatory for a hobbit you know what i mean um like culturally insensitive should i say in the hobbit world yeah, like, like it sounds like he's he's trying to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Thorin has to try. I think he's just asshole by default. I think anytime he's even a little bit nice, that's when he's trying. I think it probably pains him. <laughs> pains him to try and be nice. Um, that's fair. Well, I, I guess I guess what I'm getting at is uh, this this will come up again in a later chapter. But it seems that all species in the world of Middle Earth and in the Lord of the Rings have their own sort of um, uh, derogatory terms, uh, as we find out later with spiders, which I won't say any more about. Um, but there, there's got to be words that hobbits just absolutely hate, and I feel like Thorin probably knows them all. <laughs> Uh, he Gandalf sure. certainly does. Thorin seems like the type to just pepper them throughout his speeches, too. Um, <laughs> you're saying this isn't like Fraggle Rock, where everyone lives in some sort of utopia? I, I, I No, it's definitely not. I feel like you know it's not. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have a quote, Corey? I do have a dwarf quote. Um, and I'd like to mention, uh, as you keep pointing out, your particular copy uh, or printing of The Hobbit that you have that I have been listening to uh, the audiobook, which is read for me by Robert Inglis, and he does a fantastic job. Uh, I have read it before. I've read it several times, but uh, the audiobook is what I'm listening to at the moment. And this quote stands out just because of the way that the guy reads it. It's just absolutely hilarious to me. <laughs> uh, it's Gloin speaking. Uh, Gloin, who becomes famous because of his loins. <laughs> um, he says, will he do? Do you think? He looks more like a grocer than a burglar. And Bilbo overhears this in the next room. He hears Gloin just being a prick. Well, he's in his home eating his food. <laughs> Having eaten several of his cakes. Yep. He, he talks about him bobbing and puffing on the mat. <laughs> uh, yeah, more, than a, more like a grocer than a burglar. Uh, in Gloin's defense, he says this while Bilbo is passed out in the other room. See, yeah, as far as he knows, but uh, he is still in his home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
yeah, that was one of my favorite quotes too. Calling, <laughs> bobbing on his mat like a grocer. <laughs> um, think of the way they're introduced to Bilbo too. He's not at all ready for company. There's a point where he puts his his head in his hands and just weeps to himself. This, uh, yeah, this reminds me that I I wanted it to come up again. The sign that Gandalf writes on the door. Like, you, you, I guess we sort of get the idea that all the dwarves had sort of already agreed to go on this adventure, um, kind of. I guess they're all sort of hearing the details about it together for the first time. But is, is it a magic sign? What brings them all there to be like, like what, are, are the dwarves just skulking around at night looking for, <laughs> <laughs> looking for these kinds of ads? Like, it, it could say, like, it could say anything. It doesn't have to be, like, burglar. It could be, like... Uh, wanted dwarf to collect old uh, beer bottles. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> the, um, there's actually a point where Gandalf, I think, points out that um, he told them there was a burglar in this area, or maybe one of the dwarves says, Gandalf told us there was a burglar in this area and the mark was on your door. Mm. Mm, excuse me. So, so they were skulking around. <laughs> so they were skulking uh, around in that area because Gandalf said. <laughs> I think he said there's a there's. <laughs> Gandalf told them there's a, a good burglar around here. Let's all meet up. It seems odd to meet up at the Shire because it is. I don't know if it's the furthest place from the Lonely Mountain, but it's pretty far. Yeah, I've always gotten the impression that the Shire is like is specifically uh, out of the way of everything else like every other like land of creatures is like is a little bit more central than the shire is yeah the the elves kind of travel past it to go to the um the shores i guess to sail off oh yeah it seems it seems far enough that it the, the rest of the world doesn't really interfere with the shire and the shire doesn't interfere with the rest of the world yeah, so it is. It is very out of the way, uh, and these these wayward dwarves, um, who I guess are just picking up odd jobs, coal mining and whatnot. Yeah, that this this old wizard tells them to go to the Shire. <laughs> That's a, it's an interesting thing to wonder about. And they just go. They probably don't even know what a hobbit is. Do you think they know? Like, if they knew anything about hobbits, they would say that's not really the guy for the job. Yeah, I guess I guess the thing to know, I, I would assume, um, yeah, I would assume they're aware of hobbits at the very least. But what they know of them would would most likely be what Tolkien kind of lays out to be at the beginning is that they never do anything unexpected. <laughs> 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 they don't go on adventures. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I imagine a lot of them are quite good at, at being grocers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say so. A respectable, actually, the heroes of our current current situation in the world. Yes, grocers. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, we, we did mention in the uh, Fabled Lost episode um, that uh, hobbits would be quite well suited to the current world situation of stay in your home, <laughs> do not go out, do not interact with anyone. They would love it. Although apparently Bilbo enjoys company, but I don't believe it. How many how many code hooks do you think he actually has? Like there there's at least thirteen, but they do mention that they've added Bilbo to the group for the lucky number to make them fourteen rather than thirteen. So yeah. it seems odd that he'd have an unlucky number of code hooks. I'm gonna say he's got fifteen. Okay, yeah, that's an even number. Yeah, I guess that's probably reasonable. 
I'm shocked that he had enough space for all these dwarves to sleep in his house. Yeah. I think it's it says he has them laying on every surface. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he says something about Thorin in the best room, I think. Uh, he might have gotten Bilbo's room. I'm not sure, but that would be... No, I'm sure Bilbo actually slept in his bed because he sleeps in on purpose. <laughs> he doesn't wake up to make Thorin his five eggs and two slices of ham. <laughs> Mind you, don't break the oats. Yeah, um, yeah he, he sleeps in uh, as a... As as a like as a snub to the dwarves, like he he sleeps in <laughs> to offend them. We've all done it. <laughs> I really wish these thirteen dwarves were in my house. You know what? I'll just sleep in tomorrow. Yeah, see how they like that. <laughs> you know when you have a, a large number of people over and you sleep in on purpose, hoping that the situation takes care of itself. <laughs> they all just gather themselves up and leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so hey, I, think really wanna... it, I think that's it for dwarf quotes. Should we move? You, you want, shall we do the green dragon? But the only food for the dragon comes from that green dragon. Hey, oh. <laughs> what kind of beer are you drinking, Mike? Oh, my beer. Uh, today, Corey, I'm drinking a Black Forest Stout. Ooh, excellent. It's a very hobbity beer. It's from Whistle Buoy Brewery. Ah. Uh, and actually... It's, it's been a problem throughout the podcast. It only comes in 946 milliliter cans. <laughs> uh, and it's just about finished. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Uh, and are you enjoying it? It's actually, it's quite good. It has um, chocolatey cherry taste. Ooh. Um, it was delivered to my door during this pandemic. <laughs> One of the local microbreweries is doing door-to-door delivery they they drop it off and you flash your id and then you grab the beer there's no that's cool there's no actual personal contact aside from like a little wave and a hello (laughs) from a reasonable distance yeah from a from at least two meters one hockey stick (laughs) do you do you you go to the door with a hockey stick uh no i carry my harp or i have You know, my God, I always thought you were a bit of a harp carrying <laughs> a real prick. I have, I have my squire carry my harp, uh, and he makes sure that I'm standing one harp's length, held vertically away from people. <laughs> sir, sir, I, I don't think that's a harp's length. Um, that, that sounds delicious, Mike. It sounds like a great beer. Um, what are you drinking, Corey? Oh, oh, thanks for asking. Uh, I'm drinking in, uh, specifically in honor of Bilbo and in honor of his position as the burglar in our party, I'm drinking a beer from the Bandit Brewery. Uh, brewed, brewed right here in Toronto, just, uh, just down the road from me on uh, Dundas Street West. Uh, I'm drinking their Hoppelganger. Uh, it is a New Zealand dry hop pilsner. How do you enjoy those New Zealand dry hops? Uh, it's delicious, actually. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's a it's a hoppy pilsner, which is uh, just about right for me, you know. Um, I've heard tale that a New Zealand hop is kind of fruity. Does it have a fruity kind of hop taste? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try not to laugh and assume that was a serious question. I think a little bit. Yes. It was uh, a semi semi serious question. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does have an underlying, a uh, little bit of an underlying sweetness to it. In a in a fruitish way, but perhaps a stone fruit. Um, yeah. 
I've, I've heard that hops from different regions have a different taste. And uh, I think New Zealand is one of the fruitier places for hops. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, what type of hops do you think they grow in the Shire, Mike? Whatever they can get, I think. <laughs> okay. are, are you meaning to suggest, now no, pardon me if I'm taking you wrong here, are you meaning to suggest that a hobbit is not discerning in the hops that he uses for his beer? I think they're extremely picky, but they're lazier than they are picky. I almost don't want to, but again, I completely agree with you. <laughs> That's probably a very good description. Um, I think that's it for the, the, the green, green dragon. dragon. Would you say? Yeah, it was great. It was great meeting you at the green dragon, Mike. Dragon, not just be the dragon in these parts for a thousand years. Famous dragons. Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> what happens in this segment, Mike? In the famous uh, dragon segment. We discuss a famous dragon, famous in pop culture literature. That I think that, think that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else a dragon would be famous in. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. Infamous dragons? Uh, yeah. In uh, Famous Dragons, we discuss famous dragons. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and what famous dragon do you have? Well, Corey, I'm going to start off hot here. I have possibly the most famous dragon, I think. Surely not. I think everybody everybody knows this dragon, or most really? people would. Um, he is famous even among non-fantasy fans. <laughs> but that, that's, that might be saying something for a dragon. <laughs> I'm talking about Puff the Magic Dragon. Oh, Puff the Magic Dragon. Excellent. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, so Puff the Magic Dragon. Have you heard of him? You're I have familiar. heard of him. I assume you're familiar. He's one of He's quite famous. Most. Yeah. One of the most famous dragons. Um, so he lived by the sea, and he he liked to frolic in the autumn mist in a land called Honolulu. <laughs> uh, if you could see my face, you'd see how hard I'm trying not to laugh and interrupt you. His his best friend was a boy named Jackie Paper. He loved him for his rascally ways. Uh, Puff would bring Jackie string and sealing wax and other fancy stuff. Just because friendship, you know? <laughs> kind of like a crow, I guess. Yeah. Um, what the, What do you think his room looked like? With Puff bringing him all that stuff. <laughs> Full of the kind of shit that a little boy would bring home on his daily adventures. <laughs> um, like ceiling wax. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell does a boy get ceiling wax? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so together they would travel on a boat. They were quite well respected. Uh, Jackie would sit on Puff's tail and uh, noble kings and princes would bow whenever the boat came near. And That's pretty good. Pirate ships would lower their flags out of respect for Puff. Uh, I get the impression that Puff was a pretty formidable dragon. He must have been, I assume. Uh, pirates? Come on. Pirates are tough, man. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, a bit of a sad story, though. Uh, it turns out Puff the Magic Dragon is actually imaginary. And the whole story is just about the loss of innocence and youth. <laughs> um, because as little Jackie Paper grows up, he forgets about Puff. 
Hmm. It's kind of a Winnie the Pooh situation where uh, Winnie the Pooh and, you know, all his buddies are forgotten by Christopher Robin. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Buff the Magic Dragon always kind of made me sad as a kid. <laughs> it's depressing as all hell. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's kind of like about a kid and like it's certainly sung to and played for kids and yet even a child can recognize how wretchedly sad it is. Interesting segue, Corey, because Up the Magic <laughs> Dragon was quite controversial back in the day. Um, there's speculation that it was just a thinly veiled drug reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was laughing at the thinly veiled part. The drug reference part does not make me laugh. <laughs> um, puff obviously means to smoke a marijuana cigarette. Doobie? Uh, a do- uh, perhaps a doobie. Um, <laughs> Jackie paper, rolling papers used for marijuana cigarettes. I, I like that you described it as a thinly veiled drug <laughs> reference, uh, whereas I think the... Uh, the, the person trying to make this a drug reference has some pretty thin arguments. <laughs> but anyway, well, how, about, how about this? You even heard this part. Um, he lives by the sea. And if you interpret the sea as cocaine, he's living his life by the cocaine. Um, the word Hanali. <laughs> shut me up. The word Hanali, where they yes. live, stands for hashish, obviously. Why? Just the H? It's like ob- just obvious. Obvious, yeah. Corey. Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, dragon refers to dragon, as in inhaling smoke, taking a drag from your, your marijuana cigarette. <laughs> okay, I follow you. Just a, a terrible song. <laughs> <laughs> so whether it's about drugs or whether it's about a uh, loyal, loved, wonderful friend, Simply vanish. <laughs> Either way, it's horrible. <laughs> um, as a child, I th- thought I was sure that this was a um, an animated movie, and I think I might have mixed it up with Pete's Dragon because the child with the with the dragon pal. Yes, uh, I, I think I had the same association when I was a kid. I think I assumed for some reason that Pete's Dragon was Puff the Magic Dragon. It's possible that it's possible there was some sort of animated cartoon and they were similar. Maybe, yeah. Well, and they were both. Uh, I think both of those things are like older than we are, uh, so that could have been like a, an association. Because like, yeah. that song, I think, is pretty old, and the and Pete's Dragon, I'm pretty sure, is from like sixties or seventies. Uh, here you go. Actually, there is a full feature of Puff the Magic Dragon, and Puff is fairly similar looking to Pete Pete's Dragon. Really? So yeah, they're. He's he actually has a uh, a bit of a Grinch look to him that puff, which is strange, and um, <laughs> he's green, which is an odd choice too because you know the reefer. <laughs> well, it's just clear that it's a drug reference. Yeah. Uh, when, a, when when is that movie from? The, um, 19, <laughs> Oh, Okay. Puff has a little a little petticoat. Really? Uh, it's actually a, it's hard to see. It's actually a vest. It's hard to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he has a bow tie, often a collar. He's got some scraggly eyebrows and what look like dreadlocks. I don't know if this disproves the uh, drug use point here. 
Uh, actually, yeah, okay, I, I had to look this up to find it out. First of all, I'd, I'd like to mention that this is this is clearly a, uh, a B-level animation studio, <laughs> as opposed to Puff the Magic Dragon, which actually interacts with human characters. Um, uh, it, it kind of looks like, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. He's got like a, like a vest or like a cummerbund kind of deal. Is it part of his skin? All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say where Puff stops. And the clothing starts. <laughs> he, I, if I had to describe him, I'd, I'd probably say an anthropomorphized marijuana cigarette. He kind of looks... Yeah, you know what? I could see someone dragging on him. <laughs> Just lighten them up. Um, the one picture I'm looking at here, the little boy, a Jackie Paper, it looks like a young Corey Worsen, actually. Uh, again, we're going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, although, uh, there was a time in my young and impressionable life where Puff the Magic Dragon <laughs> was a very good friend of mine. Um, if you Google image search and you scroll down a little bit, there is one where Puff is looking uh, with a somewhat troubled look on his face at what I can only assume is a psilocybin mushroom. <laughs> um, I... I really wish I had researched this a little bit further. It, it looks like this cartoon just might be, it might hammer home the whole drug use thing. He is looking at that mushroom as if he can't say no. <laughs> to, today, but I have to go to work today. Well, all right. <laughs> Jackie Papers, and really all these close-ups of Puff's face. He looks like an old burnout. Yes, he does. That goatee, that is not the goatee of a uh, nine-to-five working man. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'm uh, at a bit of a loss. (laughs) (laughs) So Puff the Magic, this has been Famous Dragons. Puff the Magic Dragon is our famous dragon of the day. (laughs) Thanks thanks, thanks for listening. He's Um, totally above board. So Corey, where can people find us online? uh, Right now you can find us on Instagram. Instagram? Yeah, you heard of this? I, I've heard of Instagram, yeah. I feel like we're going to have uh, our episodes available on the SoundCloud. That seems right. Yeah. Um, and uh, if your name is Tiffany or Mariah, um, in the comfort of your own home right now <laughs> as we're recording. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for episode two. It should be coming in a week or so, or if you're the future listener will be right at your fingertips feel free to jump right ahead Uh, (laughs) yeah i'm good i'm good i'm really good uh this has been that hobbit shit with mike and me Corey. may May the the hair hair on your toes toes never fall never fall out